Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. Hello, everyone. Welcome to South Coast Christian. We're so glad that you're joining us today. And if you're on line with us today, uh, give a shout out to the host and and, welcome, and just say, hey, we're, I'm here and uh, we want to welcome you. If you're a guest with us, thanks for joining us today. And we hope that you enjoyed our worship time. And we hope that you're going to uh, just enjoy this time in God's Word as well. As we're finishing the very last series of uh, a sermon series called The Long Game. We've been in this series. This is our 10th week. And it's really been a, a just a... Um, a, a time of a journey of faith. That's what we've been studying about is how do we have greater faith to make this journey what's called life? How do we have faith in our life to, be, to face each and every day of our life? We've looked at a lot of different characters uh, as we've been looking in Hebrews chapter 11. Some of the characters we've looked at are Noah and Abraham and Jacob and Joseph and Moses and Samson and Barak and Gideon. And uh, we've been looking at these guys, these men and these women in Hebrews chapter 11 that have had great faith in their life. The person I want to look at today uh, is found in Hebrews chapter 12 in the first couple of verses. And I'm going to get there in just a moment. But you see the uh, entire first 10 chapters of Hebrews, the author is laying a foundation of Jesus Christ who has ushered in this new covenant of grace. The covenant of grace is activated through our faith. We activate it by having faith in Jesus Christ. This was difficult for the Jewish people of the day because they, are, are, they have been founded in this old covenant and that's all that they had known before. So this idea of grace is this whole new thing that, was, that we were struggling with. In fact, I would challenge this today that there's many people today that still struggle with this whole idea of grace. There's many people today that still try to, to earn their salvation through works, and there's nothing wrong with works. There's nothing wrong with that because that is really actually, the works actually shows that we do have faith. But guess what? You can work as hard as you want, but you're never going to enter into the kingdom of God through your works. The only way that you're going to enter into the kingdom of God is through faith in Jesus Christ. I want to remind you of something today. Is that even Abraham was not redeemed by works. He was redeemed because of his faith. Listen to this uh, verse in Genesis chapter 15, verse 6. And it says, And Abraham believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his good works. No, it says in the scripture, because of his faith. That's why he was, that's why he was redeemed and counted as righteous. So even Abraham enters heaven because of his faith in God. Remember, Jesus doesn't enter onto the scene. And this is something that's just really difficult to, to grab a hold of. But when Abraham was walking through this journey of faith in his life, Jesus doesn't enter the scene until 2,000 years later. So his faith has to be for a Savior that is still to come. And yet, it says in Scripture that Abraham was credited as righteousness, the righteousness of Christ in his life because of his faith in God. It's an amazing thought. It's amazing. He had a faith for a future Savior. Again, I remind you, we've been talking about this in the series. Faith is the currency of heaven. And if you want to please God, guess what? The way you're going to please God is by having faith. Let's look at the passage of Scripture that we're going to uh, study today, read today. And it's found in Hebrews chapter 12, and it's verses 1 
and 2. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with the endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Let's just begin uh, today with just a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word. God, I pray once again that your word will come alive to us, penetrate our hearts. I pray, God, it's just not words on a page, but, Lord, it's rhema. It's the life-giving spirit that changes our life. I pray that your Holy Spirit be released in our lives today so we can understand your word in a way that it brings revelation to us. In Jesus' name, amen. This passage of Scripture is a great conclusion to our series in the long game. As this series has been focused completely on the journey of faith, the author of Hebrews compares our, our life of faith to a race. That's how he compares it. It's a long game that must be completed by faith. So my challenge to all of us today, this is my challenge. If we're going to be in this race, if we're going to be in this game, let's win the race. Let's win the game. I don't want to be a loser. Do you want to be a loser? I don't want to be. Let's win. So these two verses in Hebrews chapter 12 gives us a great outline that we can apply to our lives where we can find great success. Let's take a look. The first thought I want to share with you today from this passage of Scripture is this. Be inspired by the faith of others. This is the first thought that we see in here. And in chapter 11, the author of Hebrews gives us a beautiful example of all these wonderful people who had great faith in the Old Testament. And he presents them to us one after the other because of their great faith faith. The author refers to life as a race, and you're in this race to win. And the way you're going to win this race is by keeping your faith in Jesus. When I read this verse, I think of a marathon. I don't know if you've ever seen a marathon where the runners are racing down the streets, and, and uh, along the way, you can see, if you've seen it on TV, maybe you'll see that there's crowds in different locations, and they're cheering on each runner to finish the race. They're cheering them on because that's a long race. It's 26, some 26.2 miles, I think it is, and they're running the race, and they're cheering them on. They want them to see them finish the race. But the real victory comes when all of a sudden at the finish line, when the runner sees the finish line, and there's people that are there already who have already ran the race, they finished the race, and they're there standing and cheering them on. You can do it. You can make it. And that's what I see in this passage of Scripture. You see, we have a, it's called a cloud of witnesses or a crowd of witnesses that are up there in heaven, and they're cheering us on right now. And they're saying, hey, we have done it. Abraham's cheering you on. Moses is cheering you on. You can complete this race of faith. Just keep on living a life of faith. We have a cheering squad who is believing in us. That is something that can encourage you towards success. The second thought I want to share with you today we have success by understanding that we win by removing excess weight. When it, comes to every, when it comes to a race, any extra weight becomes a burden that will slow you down from winning that race. I don't know if you've ever picked up a racing bike. 
But an actual bicycle that's designed for racing is amazing when you pick them up because they've been engineered in such a way that they have great strength, but they are so light. They're simple to lift up because they've been designed, engineered to be a super light because whoever's riding that bike, he needs that bike to be as light as it can be if he's going to plan on winning that race. There's a reason that when you watch horse races, that the jockey is five feet tall or five foot one, 110 or 115 pounds. Because guess what? That horse is racing and he cannot have a jockey that weighs 250, 300 pounds because he'll never win the race. He's carrying too much weight. Can you imagine watching a marathon and all of a sudden the camera switches on the marathon, they go to the very end of that marathon and all of a sudden you see a person who's jogging down or running full speed carrying two suitcases in one suitcase in each, each hand and they're trying to run the race by carrying the suitcases in their hands person has no chance of winning but as I was thinking about this many people tried to run and follow after Jesus as they tote all their sins their burdens their cares with them on their journey They can't figure out why the journey is so difficult. Why has it become so trying? And it's because they've been carrying the weight of sin. They've been carrying all these weight, the weight of burden that God has not called them to carry. They're carrying the the weight of the world on their back. It's like running a race with a parachute attached to you. I don't know if you've ever seen those training exercises, but they put a parachute and they try to run. It's supposed to make them stronger, but you would never enter an actual race with a parachute on your back because it's going to slow you down. It's going to keep you from having victory. Following Jesus shouldn't feel like a chore. Following after Jesus should be a freeing experience. The burden of sin, the burden of unforgiveness, and the burden of the unknown should be lifted from your life when you choose to follow after Jesus. Listen to these words that Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 30. Powerful words that we need to get into our heart and into our mind. I want you to catch this. These are Jesus' words. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus was speaking this to a society of people whose burdens had become extremely heavy. The Pharisees had put many religious rules on the backs of the people at this time. And the yoke had become so heavy that it was almost impossible for the people to bear. And remember when Jesus enters into the scene, John the Baptist is preaching what? He's preaching a message of repentance. He's actually baptizing people in the Jordan River because they were repenting of their sins. It's a beautiful picture as when Jesus comes into the scene. You see, the yoke that Jesus asks us to carry is light. Because, catch this, it's a yoke of repentance. It's a yoke of repentance. Repentance doesn't add weight to your spiritual life. So we just talked about the physical life, how we run a race and how people, they wouldn't be carrying suitcases. A horse, if he's really wanting to, you know, win the race, is not going to carry a 300-pound jockey. It's not going to happen. Well, guess what? In our spiritual life, God has given us the ability of repentance in our life. And what that does is strips that extra weight off of our lives so that we can run the race to win. So my question to you today is this. What weight are you carrying that Jesus doesn't want you to carry anymore? What have you been carrying in your life for years and years? And Jesus says, it's time to let it go. Because guess what? If you have faith in me, 
I've already declared it null and void for your life. So why do you keep on picking up that weight? If you want to win the long game of life, it's time to let go. Let go of that weight that's holding you back. When you come to ask, when you come to Jesus and you ask for forgiveness, he releases all the sins from your life. Now, it requires faith to believe that. Sometimes we don't believe it and we want to go back to it. Jesus says, hey, have faith. It's God in Jesus' name. You need to believe it. This is why Jesus states these words. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. The reason is because there's, a, there's this mechanism called repentance for our life that he designed for us spiritually that we can take a hold for, uh, for us that we can run the race without all the weight and the burdens that wants to weigh us down. Jesus makes life easier. Stop picking up something that doesn't belong to you anymore. Be set free. And G- Boy, here's another word for you when I just shared that. I'm not just talking about picking up something that doesn't belong to you that might be your sin. I'm talking about stop picking up other people's sins as well. They're not yours to carry. They're not yours. Jesus has set you free from sin. I want you to run with a grace that's upon you, with the power of the Holy Spirit on you, recognizing that you've been set free and free indeed in Jesus' name. Giving forgiveness is also an instrument that God has given us. Because when we forgive others, we are releasing again this weight or this burden of sin that will slow us down. I want you to remind you, some, remind you of something. That unforgiveness is a sin. Sometimes we forget that. We hold these grudges. We hold these things in our life. And in the Bible it declares it very specifically that we are, we are commanded to forgive. We, it's not a suggestion Read your Bible. It doesn't suggest that, oh, if you feel like it, forgive that. We are commanded by Christ to forgive. The reason that it's commanded in the Bible is to set us free once again from that weight that is slowing us down in this race. The quicker we forgive, the quicker we can run the race that is set before us. The Bible says don't let that sin entangle you. Don't let it get amongst your feet and trip you up on the race that, you're, that God has set before us. Leave it behind. Do you know how the Bible, and this is, I'm going to say something, this is kind of rated R right now, so if you're a little squeamish, maybe just, just mute me for a second and then come back to it. But this isn't the Bible, this is nothing I'm doing, but I want, to, I want to share something with you, I want you to catch this thought. Do you know how the Bible describes a person who continues to go back after their sin? How does the Bible describe when a person just says, you know, I'm set free, and they just keep going back to their sin? Listen to these words in Proverbs chapter 26, verse 11. As a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats his foolishness. Have you ever seen a dog go back to its vomit? I have. It's gross. It's just really gross. You go like, you don't want to see it. Now I want you to think about something. Vomiting is a mechanism that allows us to evacuate bacteria and viral stuff that it's in our stomach that is not good for us. So it's a mechanism that God actually has designed for your physical body where it all of a sudden releases and all of a sudden you're able to get that toxic stuff out of your body. Nausea triggers that mechanism. A person who continually goes back to pick up their sin is like a dog that, ret- like a dog that returns to its vomit. Sin catches, this is really profound. I want you to catch this. Sin is not good for you. It's just not good for you. It's going to destroy your life. 
But by the grace of God, guess what? We've been covered for our sins. Why would you want to go back and eat from it again? I want you to catch this thought. Forgiveness is the mechanism that God has given us so that we can find complete freedom from that burden. It sets us free spiritually in such a way that no longer do we feel that toxic, that nausea, that oh, all of a sudden it sets us free spiritually to run the race that God has set before us. Let's lose the excess weight and let's win the race. The next insight to find in this scripture is win with endurance. Win with endurance. This sounds like a heavy word, but I want to remind you today, you're not enduring in your own strength. You're enduring in God's strength. You're to, you are to be patient as God is working on your behalf for your benefit. He knows what's best. Well, all we need to do in life many times is just trust God, be patient, and be faithful through it. And guess what? We're going to endure through the difficult times of life. Remember the scripture that I shared earlier. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. We win by trusting God and following his lead for our life. Verse 1 states these words. Let us run with the endurance, the race that God has set before us. Let me illustrate a thought regarding this scripture. And um, we've been having our family over, over the last several months. My uh, oldest son, Evan, his wife, Ashley, and then my daughter, Brittany, and her uh, fiancé, Luke, have been in town. And then, of course, uh, Brett and Danielle are here with us as well. And we've been getting together once in a while as a family. And we, we've been, we enjoy playing games. We enjoy playing board games. We uh, card games. And, and I was thinking about this. Uh, as we play games, can you imagine playing a game without knowing the rules? Wouldn't it be very frustrating? Because I don't know about you, but if I'm going to play a game, my wife and I, we like to play games in the evening as well. And, and we're pretty competitive. Uh, neither one of us like to lose. How many of you like to lose? I don't like to lose. I want to win the game. And it'd be very frustrating to enter into a game and the person tells you, I'm not going to share the rules with you. You're just going to figure it out as we play. That wouldn't be fun because you know you're going to lose the game because you don't know the, what the rules are. God has already given us his direction. He's already set the path before us. All of our paths might look slightly different in, in the sense that we've, you know, we might have different obstacles to overcome. But the constant is that God has set a path before us. And guess what? The path is Jesus. That's who we're following. The rules are found in God's word. In the Old Testament, the rules got pretty complicated and burdensome. It wasn't easy to figure out. It was like, man, all these rules, how are we going to complete all these things? It was, just became super difficult. But when Jesus came onto the scene, he simplified the rules of the game. And I love Jesus for that reason. Because he just, he simplified it for us. The two greatest commandments that Jesus gives us is to love God and to love others. And basically he tells us we're going to fulfill all the commandments if you just do those commandments. Love God and love others. That's why we sacrifice. We sacrifice part of our life because we love God and we love others. It's why we serve. We serve because we love God. And God's word says we're called to serve. And we serve because we love others. We forgive. Not easy to forgive. But one of the reasons why we should forgive is because we love others. We fulfill the commandments by choosing those two things, love God and love others. So the rules of the game have been set before us. Now let's play to win. Let's win. I love a book that Bob Goff wrote. 
And it says, love does. Love does. For God so loved the world that he gave. Love does. Let's endure. I'm not saying that love is always easy. Not at all. But I don't think God giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins was an easy choice. But he did it out of love. God created the game. And this is the thing that he understood for each one of us today. Is that ultimately, love is the thing that wins. Love will give us victory. His love for us. His love was willing to give his son. And his son, Jesus Christ, came to the earth 2,000 years ago, died on a cross, resurrected the third day. And guess what? He broke the, the curse of sin off our life. And guess what? He's already won the game for us. So it is with you and me. Let's learn to love like God loves. Let's win this game, this journey of faith. And all we have to do is just follow the example that Jesus has already given to us. Because he won it. All we have to do is complete it. The third insight I want to share from this passage of Scripture is this. We win by following Jesus. The Scripture states that we are to keep our eyes on Jesus. Why is that important? Why do we need to keep our eyes on Jesus? Because our faith is useless without the perfection or the righteousness of Christ in our life. Think of it this way. And I've shared it already with you today, already before. Jesus won the game. You're not going to win the game without his righteousness. You're going to lose the game. But with his righteousness, you can also win the game. Because it's already won for you. You just have to practice faith. So as long as we keep our eyes on Jesus and follow him, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You're going to win. It's going to happen in your life. Now this verse, where it is, it's, it's very beneficial for us to look at this verse in the original Greek because of the word that is translated as looking. And I want you to share something with you today. I want you to catch this thought. The ESV translates Hebrews chapter uh, uh, 12, verse 2, I believe it is. It says, looking to Jesus. The New Living Translation states, keeping your eyes on Jesus. And catch this, the Greek, the original Greek word, it is translated this way, that word that's Translated looking. It says, I look away from all else. I'll say it again. I look away from all else. The idea is that we look away from other things so that we can focus on this one thing. We look away from everything else so we can focus on the one thing. I don't know if you've ever been to a dog race. We've been talking about horse races. We've been talking about a lot of races, marathons. Well, I guess let's bring, let's bring the dogs into the race now. If you've ever been to a dog race, you know, dogs are are difficult sometimes to control. And how do they make that dog run around the track, all the dogs to run around the track? Well, what they do is they put a mechanical rabbit out there on an arm, and they put that, and the dogs see that. And guess what takes place? As soon as the dogs see the rabbit, and when that rabbit is released, and it runs around that track, that mechanical arm keeps a few paces ahead, all of a sudden, the dogs, everything else becomes a blur because all they can see is the prize of the rabbit. And so they're going to chase that rabbit all the way around that track because their eyes are on the rabbit. I think you know where I'm going. You see, when we keep our eyes on Jesus, guess what? We're going to finish the race because we see Jesus as our prize. He's, our, he's, he's what's allowed us to enter into the presence of heaven. He's what's allowed us to enter into the presence of God is when we follow after Jesus, who is our prize. So many people lose the race because they become distracted by all the pleasures of all the other pleasures of the world. 
And I'm not saying the pleasures are bad, but they can't be your focus. Jesus has to be your focus in life. True pleasures, and this is something you need to, if you haven't discovered this yet, man, I want you to discover it today. True pleasures are found in Jesus. All the other pleasures that you might have within this world, I'm telling you right now, they will not last. They are temporary and they will fade away. But the pleasures that we find in Christ, guess what takes place? Those will last for eternity. Listen to this verse in Psalms chapter 16, verse 11. It says, you make known to me the path of life. It goes right along with this whole passage of Scripture. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So let's keep our eyes focused on Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. And remember, Jesus didn't just start the game. Jesus finished the game. Let's have the faith to believe Like what the Apostle Paul says, that he who began a good work in you will complete it. Amen? Let's do that. The last thought I want to share with you today from this scripture is winning brings great joy. Let me ask you, what joy was set before Jesus that would compel him to endure the sufferings and the shame of the cross? Because that's what that scripture says. It was the joy that was set before him. What joy, what joy that would, could Jesus find that would make him walk through the shame of being hung on a cross as a criminal and dying a horrible, horrific, painful death? What joy can he find that would keep him on the cross, that would allow him to make that, that, that journey? He died a criminal death. I mean, he's Jesus, guys. If I'm in his shoes... I'd call down heaven and all of their angels, God, God, get me out of here right now. And yet Jesus didn't call down heaven. He endured it all. He endured everything, the pain of the cross, the difficulties of life, the shame, everything for joy. You see, he didn't deserve anything he got. We deserved it, but he, he didn't deserve it. You might think the joy set before him was simply heaven. Which, you know, I say yes and I manage that. I want heaven in my life. I want, I, that's my victory right there, is getting, in, is getting into the heaven and hearing those famous words, well done, thy good and faithful servant. I want that for my life. But there's something more, because remember this. Jesus was already accepted into heaven. He didn't come down to earth so that he could all of a sudden get into heaven. He came from heaven. So what's this joy that we're talking about? When it facing the pain and the shame of the cross to enter into heaven, he was facing the pain and the shame of the cross to bring you into heaven. The joy beset, that set before him was you. The joy that he had when he was on that cross, he'd already experienced heaven. He was going back. He knew that he was heading to heaven. The joy that was set before him was you. The desire to bring you to heaven with him. The joy was his church. The bride of Christ. That someday he knew that he was going to usher all of us into heaven because of our faith in him. That was the joy that was set before us. It's the stories of the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son. Jesus' mission was to bring bring back those who were lost. 
that was a joy that was set before him. It's the story of the prodigal son, the image of the father who was waiting for this son that had gotten lost and was on his own thing and was doing his own desires. And, and, this, and the father would go out each day and he would look for his son. And, and one day, finally, after the long journey, all of a sudden he sees his son in the distance and he doesn't wait. He doesn't just wait for his, he runs to his son and he embraces his son. And he kisses his son. And he puts a ring on his finger. He welcomes his son home. He throws a big feast and a big party. That's what our heavenly father is waiting for you and for me because there's going to be a party in heaven when we come because he sees the victory that what, what was lost is now found in Jesus' name. That's the joy that was set before Christ when he hung on the cross. It was his faith in the future of what he could see. Those who believed in him would be set free in Jesus' name. That was the faith. Catch this scripture here that Jesus shares in Luke chapter 15, verse 10. It says, all of heaven rejoices over the one sinner who repents. When you win, heaven wins. When you win, heaven wins, and all heaven rejoices. So today, let's get on that journey of faith, and let's bring some joy into heaven. For just a moment, wherever you might be at, in your living room, bedroom, kitchen, I want you just to pause for just a moment. I want to just ask you this question. Are you carrying some baggage that you shouldn't be carrying? Have you never made a decision to follow after Jesus? You've always had some good excuses, but you continue to choose to do your own thing. Remember what I shared with you earlier on. God has given us a mechanism of repentance in our life. When we all of a sudden can put our faith in Jesus Christ, ask God to forgive us of our sins, and when we do that, he sets us free from those sins by the power of his grace. Because of his righteousness that he, that he won for us. He won the game on the cross. And because of that righteousness, he gives that. He, he gives that righteousness to us because of our faith in him. And today I just encourage you, if you've never made that choice, I want you to step out in faith. And I want you to believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God make that choice today. If you want to say this prayer with me, I encourage you to do so right now. Just say this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I choose to follow you. Forgive me of my sins. Set me free from my past. Give me the power of your Holy Spirit. Help me to follow after you. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. If you did that, guess what right now is taking place? Heaven is celebrating. There is joy in heaven because you just won. And guess what? Heaven wins again. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.